I'd like to welcome you to this special episode, which was recorded at WIOX Community Radio on my program, The Catskills Cafe, and uh, I've uh, cut out all of the <laughs> all of the underwriting spots and things like that, so that you can enjoy the music and conversation with Alice Howe. I had expected Alice to get there ahead of the time that she actually arrived, so you'll probably hear me uh, talking about uh, the fact that we will be speaking with Alice in a bit. But it was right after that that Alice did indeed arrive. So I'm going to start the program today with the conversation that I was having with my audience right up until the point that Alice came and uh, play one of the songs from her last album. And, uh, well, let's just listen in. Last year I had a conversation with Alice, uh, as I will be having today at one point, but uh, during that conversation we talk about one of the songs on her then album, Home, uh, You've Been Away So Long, and what is it, an EP? I think it's an EP, but in any event... um, Both of us were discussing uh, the fact that the folk DJ charts were about to come out, and uh, little did we know that Alice's song, Homeland Blues, would hit the top of the DJ charts. As we were speaking, (laughs) the charts came out. So I'm going to play that song for you now, and um, we'll continue on from there. This is from Alice Howe's a uh, 2017 album you've been away so long and uh, here she is with Homeland Blues Every night I have the strangest dream All these ghosts are talking to me lay down in my bed and I can hardly sleep These Homeland Blues have got a hold of me Well I went over to my cousin's house to see if we couldn't figure it out. He said it's plain to see you got them homeland blues. What hope have I got if what you're saying is true? And I got them homeland blues. Don't you know I got them homeland blues? You got them home and blues 
And I got them all in blues Try to tell you I got them all in blues Said I got them all in blues Honey, pull over, I got them all in blues The sooner I book my ticket Sooner I'll come running back to you From the night we had sat down on the curb Nursing my homeland blues Down on the curb and I'm nursing my homeland blues My American soul gets lonely sometimes I take a walk and it clears my mind And I hold you tight to shake my homeland blues Tight just to shake my homeland blues And I got them homeland blues Don't you know I got them homeland blues Said I got them homeland blues Try to tell you I got them As I said, that came from Alice's album, You've Been Away So Long, released last year. And uh, Alice for... Ah, hey, guys, Alice is finally here. I made it. <laughs> she made it. And um, as I said, when I introduced this song, Alice, uh, we, ha- we were having a conversation a couple of years ago yes. uh, on my podcast, Mostly Folk. And uh, we talked about uh, the fact that the charts hadn't come out, and they came out that day that, well, and, I think while we were on the phone I remember yeah, that. <laughs> and that and that song was right at the top of the charts yes. and uh, this new album is such a great album I'm so excited about it Thank for you, you. and uh, simply to have you here you know it's, it's just a pleasure. An, an amazing thing <laughs> uh, for, for those folks uh, who don't know Alice Howe um, she grew up in Boston and her, uh, she once told me that her parents had uh, an incredible vinyl collection, and that was the kind of music that 
Alice grew up with. So talk a little bit about that, Alice. Yeah, that's so true. Um, My parents loved music. My grandmother loved music. There was always somebody singing. You know, there weren't any professional musicians per se, but music was a really important part of my upbringing. And my parents exposed me to the music of their generation, of your generation. That's what always really stuck with me. Um, I loved 70s folk rock singer-songwriters. I loved Joan Baez, Joni Mm. Mitchell, Jackson Brown. Um, You know, songwriters with really pure voices, people who were telling their stories. I was always just so drawn to that type of music. I'd sit in front of the record player and memorize everything. You know, I was always had a mind for memorizing lyrics, so I would just kind of soak it all up. And that's really um, had been in me since I, as long as I can remember. Yeah. And you you never really studied music, did you? Not in an academic setting. I was um, singing from a really young age. I, some of my earliest memories are just you know, walking around singing to myself and there are tapes of me as a little girl um, making up songs and like my, my dad interviewing me about um, kind of like this, but I was three years old and him saying like, so what was your inspiration for that song? And it's all <laughs> like, it's pretty funny stuff. But um, no, I wasn't trained. Like I didn't go to music school. Um, I started taking guitar lessons from a, a teacher in my town when I was 12. Um, but I just had always you know, taught myself by listening and I sang acapella at Smith college. So that was, um, that was some good singing training for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, acapella groups are a great way to really work on your pitch and your ability to hold down a part. But no, I was not, um, yeah, wasn't trained like in a and, and formal sense. You moved to Seattle after you went to college. Yeah. Uh, and uh, interestingly, you studied medieval European history in college. <laughs> One of the most uh, uh, yeah, I uh, thought that the strange job, things to be studying. I know. But, you know, I figured the job opportunities would be just, you know, flying off the shelves for that subject. <laughs> no, um, you know, I've always loved history and... Um, it was something that just fascinated me. I, as I've always loved stories, and I think that the way history is told is is almost like a, a form of storytelling. And I loved uh, learning, you know, just about the past because I think we can see a lot of ourselves in our current culture, climate. Um, you know, the Crusades are really not so different from some of the situations that we find ourselves in in the Middle East nowadays. Yeah. So it's interesting, the parallels, and I think that yeah. kind of feeds my love of telling stories. Really? And yeah. Yeah. That, that is so neat. Um, do you have a song you want to sing live for us now? I'd like to do Still On My Mind. Okay. This is um, a track from the new album. Um, it's a really special song to me because I started writing it when I was up at my family's little cabin in Stowe, Vermont, which is kind of uh, reminiscent of this beautiful little hamlet here in a way, Um, you know, with the green mountains on all sides. So I think you all can probably relate to some of my writing here. Um, It really takes me to that place where we uh, have a little cabin that has no electricity. So it's a really good place to do some thinking Uh and and writing. Um, And this song is called Still on My Mind. the water mist is rising on the mountainside leaves are blooming in the ash tree 
Robin's looking for something sweet Where I'm sitting Beneath the eaves Not one drop will find me A little ceiling is breaking through Persistent as the thought of you Looking out into a sea of green Thinking on the years and miles that lie between It seems so long You're still on my mind, you know. I go walking through the trees, the water dances over stone. The April morning is clean and new But a breeze has brought the thought of you Looking out into a sea of green Thinking on the years and miles that lie between It seems so long You're still on my mind, you know. I sat down by the riverside, fearing I could drink it dry and still not be satisfied, satisfied. Banks are full with all this rain. If they'll overflow, I can't say. The crickets calling in the firelight, and a long and gentle sleep tonight. Looking out into a sea. Still on my mind, yeah. You're still on my mind, you know.
live right here in the WIOX studios with a song called Still On My Mind from her new album, Visions. That was Alice Howe. Let's uh, mention your website, uh, alicehowe.com, I That's believe. Right. Am I right? That's, That's right. how with an E. Yep. H-O-W-E, <laughs> not H-O-W. It's a silent uh, E. <laughs> and you'll find lots of uh, videos of Alice with... Uh, Freebo, uh, tell me, Alice, yeah. about this tour you've been on. You've been on a whirlwind <laughs> tour with Freebo, my gosh. I feel like I've been on a, a, a year-long tour. <laughs> it seems to never yeah. end. Um, yeah, you know, it's been in little spurts here and there. Like, uh -huh. we'll, we'll do a week here, a week there. But we just um, began working together. Um, many people know Freebo as a, a fretless bass player for Bonnie Raitt um, from mm -hmm. 1971 to 81. Um he is also a producer and a songwriter, and we met at Folk Alliance um, at NERFA back in Connecticut, where oh, did I? Oh, I met okay. so many other wonderful people. I met yeah. so many DJs. You know, you attend that. Yep. Lots of people I in this used community. to attend it well, before it oh. uh, moved to Connecticut, uh, oh, yeah, simply because be the ride is just too much for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, well, yeah. anyway, it's a wonderful place to network with so many other uh, folks in this this folk music world in the Roots uh, community. So I met Freebo there, and he heard my EP that you've played some tracks from, and he said um, that he'd love to work with me on my next album if I was interested in you know having a producer kind of help me frame these songs and do something a little different with a band. Um, and so I thought that sounded like a great idea. Uh -huh. um, I went out to California to where he lives. Um, to work in the studio in Bakersfield, uh, where we got this wonderful band together. And um, it started just a, a great collaboration that he and I have continued um, for the last basically year and a half. Um, you know, we finished the album, and then we have also done a bunch of shows together. He plays bass for me, which is a thrill, because he's kind of the best there is oh, at that. He's um, and he's all over right. this record. He played on every song. Um, you know, and I love the way the fretless bass just kind of adds so much in a really melodic and beautiful way, but it also has this like ground floor for my song. So it's a really nice combination. So if you had to pick one song from this album mm. that demonstrates uh, Freebo's uh, fretless bass, yeah. what, what, which one would you pick? Uh, well, I would say... Probably the song that uh, he actually originally recorded with Bonnie Raitt um, in 1972, which is Too Long at the Fair. Um, and he has a great entrance on that song that you also hear in the original. This one's a little different. You know, we, he didn't want to repeat the exact <laughs> lick. But, um, yeah, that's, that's a song that comes to mind. Jesus cried, wept and died I guess he went up to heaven I've been downtown such a long, long time I'll never make it home by seven Won't you come and take me home? I've been too long at the fair And Lord, I just can't stand it anymore well, I went down to Jason, walked till my feet were sore, but I never knew what laughing was till you walked out the door. Well, won't you come and take? 
too long at the fair And Lord, I just can't stand it anymore Won't you give my soul to Abraham And give my soul to Saul Give my bones to Canada My teeth, they don't hurt at all I don't know who made the highway I guess that's just But I have heard the Prince of Darkness on his charger ride Alice Howe from her new album Visions, and as we mentioned, that was Freebo uh, with the bass. You want to talk about some of the other musicians that are on this yeah, album? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'm always happy to talk about them. They're so wonderful. Um, so there's a uh, on keyboards. We had a, a guy named J.T. Thomas who tours with Bruce Hornsby in his band. Um, Fuzzy Morse is on electric guitar. And um, actually, on that song, we had two guitar players. One of them, the the one who played the solo, actually, on Too Long at the Fair, is my friend from Seattle. His name's Jeff Fielder, and he played on my EP. And then also on drums, we had John Molo. Um, and so they were all incredibly seasoned musicians who, you know, initially I was a little nervous because I'd never sung with a band before. Um, you know, as, as you know, my EP is really just me mm-hmm. and the guitar and the occasional accompaniment. So this was the first time going into the studio with, you know, not just a band, but like these very pro people who are all in their (laughs) 60s like who've been doing this forever and I just I remember the day before um being like oh Freebo what if what if they don't like my songs like what if what if we don't get along and he was like no 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 you don't like 
don't worry, this yeah. is going to be fine and you're going to love it. And it's, it's true. Like as soon as I got in there and started to hear what they were doing, um, I just had this grin on my face and I couldn't stop smiling. You know, that whole day was really like a transformative experience for me because <laughs> it's just so I sang live with them and, and to hear that kind of rhythm and the groove and with the, uh, the drums and the bass and everything all happening at once. It's just a thrill. And I've since performed live with them a few times, which is just oh, that's so nice. really great. Yeah. So, yeah. It's great. You had that opportunity mm-hmm. to do that. Um, so I'm I'm jumping back in time now. Yeah, yeah. You you went to Seattle. You left Boston. You went to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a job as a guitar salesperson. I did. Yes. And uh, <laughs> did, was that something that sort of helped you with your guitar playing? I'm sure that uh, you you learned a lot about guitars. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. With that type of job. Yes. Um, I got a job at this beautiful shop in Seattle called Dusty Strings which is kind of the foremost acoustic music shop in the Northwest. And it's been there since the 70s, a beautiful store with really high-end, you know, guitars, banjos. Uh, They actually manufacture harps, like the beautiful Celtic harps. Um, And so it was a place where, you know, I went in with very little technical knowledge about how guitars are made, um, why one would choose one guitar over another, the types of wood, how to change the strings and set them up and all that stuff and was really supported in learning lots and lots of details about instruments, which was really, I would say, an empowering kind of body of knowledge that I I ended up, it, I think it, it really grew my confidence with the instrument in a way, even though I was already, a, had been playing for years at that time, it kind of made me feel like more of a, a professional to be among people like that who really love music and get get the community and their people, you know, professional musicians were coming in and out of there all the time. And to be a part of that community was kind of like a little check mark of, yeah. you know, okay, she must be, she must be legit. She works at Dusty <laughs> Strings. I actually bought my, my Martin there as well. My guitar that I, I love, you know, that I picked out after getting to see so many beautiful guitars. Oh so I, it took me like two years to finally land on one. But when I did, I was like, okay, I've played them all. Like I know <laughs> what I want. So that, that, that is an amazing thing in and of itself. What kind of guitar are you playing now? It is a custom shop, Martin. And actually, so we used to order custom guitars from different companies for the shop uh-huh. just to have on display like okay we got this special model that mm-hmm. so mine is a lot like an om 21 so it's an orchestra model size okay. um which is kind of a nice medium size that you know a dreadnought is like a big big guitar right. which is what i used to have before i knew about the different sizes yeah, i thought it right. was like one size <laughs> and one color like i had no clue about all these different details and this this one really fits me better and it's um rosewood and spruce and it just has kind of a nice simple you know design there's not a lot of um inlay and mm. stuff so i don't know i just it really i was drawn to it right away so. great yeah wonderful we talked before um maybe i'll play this song because uh <laughs> it's on, it's on another album but um it's actually on your ep uh, nothing but you and we talked about that that was kind of a special song for mm-hmm. you because uh, you wrote it for your dad, mm-hmm. who had recently passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to talk about that? And I'll, I'll yeah. cue up that song. I'd like to play it for the Thank uh, people you. listening. Yeah, I, I love talking about my dad. Um, he passed away when I was 18, um, so 10 years ago now. But he was a really, really special guy. I've never known anybody like him. He was an artist. Um, 
a beautiful singer. He was um, an architect. He was a painter when he was a young man and then became an architect and just had a really an incredible eye for design and just was that artist spirit. And I think that he always really felt that I had a gift and supported me in that. Um, so I think of him a lot in my career now and wish that he could take part in it. Um, but mm -hmm. I feel like I'm invoking his presence and his spirit in what I do. So, you know, I've written a, about him a lot, um, but this song kind of captures, uh, I think, a lot of what I've, I've felt over the years about losing him. Gone in a flash Gone in a flame Gone in the dark Gone when I call your name Underway Under the ground Under my skin Still you hardly make a sound
What a great tune uh, Thank you, you know, for, for her dad. And uh, that one came from her... Uh, it's an EP, right? Mm-hmm. You've been away uh, so long. And, yes. uh, you know, as I said, uh, we had a conversation about this album a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, I didn't mention this, uh, which <laughs> I would like to mention, that uh, that year I didn't go to... I think it was the first year I didn't go to Nerfa. And... Um, uh, on Thursday nights, the DJs have this little thing where they introduce new artists, and uh, you know everybody kind of vies for getting which uh, artist they <laughs> want to get. Oh, I want to introduce so and so and so and so. But in any event, um, had I gone to the concert, uh, had I gone to Nerfa, I probably would have asked to introduce Alice Howe. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) But, wait, wait, it gets better. Um, It seems that everybody had the same idea. (laughs) And all of the DJs decided that they wanted to introduce Alice House. So by unanimous uh, vote, Alice was selected by everyone. So it just goes to show you what an incredible artist this this lady is. Um, What an incredible voice, a beautiful voice. It just, you you know, what more can I say? And I'm so, (laughs) like I said, I'm so glad that I finally got a chance to meet Alice. I know, it feels like I've known you for years, but... (laughs) We've spoken, but we... (laughs) We've never actually met face to face. And this album is is a combination of uh, songs that Alice wrote along with uh, songs that uh, she's covering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you said you're going to do, uh, I don't know if you're going to do a cover yeah, or I think an I original. Will. I think I will. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I really enjoyed on this record um, doing a mixture of the two because I feel like it shows the whole spectrum of me as an artist where I come yeah. from musical influences and um, it allowed me to sing some blues and just songs that, you know, I grew up with songs that are really special to me. So this is one that is actually the last song on the album. And I, I want to play it cause I feel like it doesn't get as much, uh, doesn't get talked about as much, but it's that a special happens. one to me. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a Bob Dylan song. That's oh my gosh. Been... I, 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 I have to say this is, <laughs> One of the best cover versions of this song. Thank you. And, um, yeah, I, I had a guy here. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Pat Pat Guadagno, who um, he he does a lot of Dylan 
covers. Uh-huh. Uh, he, and, you know, and I said, well, he's going to do this cover. And Pat said, I don't do covers. There's no covers. He said, I do interpretations, right. you know. It's true. Which is kind of true. You know, I like that, respect. actually. Yeah, I think the word cover kind of sounds like, well, I couldn't think of anything myself. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> but it's, it's actually, I think it's a beautiful way to inhabit some other voice or maybe something that I, I wouldn't have said quite like that, but that really does resonate with me. And this is a, it's the song is don't think twice. It's all right. And it's a sad song in a way, but, um, I think it's just so beautiful. And I've actually been playing it since I was really young. I think it's maybe one of the first songs I learned on guitar. I have recordings of myself singing it going back way many years, like including me and my dad singing together and stuff like Uh, that. So, um, yeah, this is, uh, Go for it. Don't think twice, it's all right. It ain't no use to sit and wonder why, babe. If you don't know by now, it ain't no use to sit and wonder why, babe. It don't Just say fairly well 
Yes, live right here in the studios at WIOX in Roxbury, New York. That was Alice Howe with Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. And again, uh, this song is on Alice's new album, Visions. And uh, it's just a, a terrific album. Thank you. And, um, thank you, Artie. I, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> you don't have to thank me. This is an angelic voice you're listening <laughs> to, folks. Today, I have Alice Howe with me and... We're talking about Alice's new album, Visions, and as we mentioned, um, singing, uh, uh, playing bass on this album is Freebo, who uh, was jo- Bonnie Rayet's bass guitar player. And uh, free, let me ask you this, uh, Alice. You know, you, yes. were ta- you were talking about. Uh, you know, going to these uh, conferences like NERFA and yeah. the Folk Alliance conferences mm-hmm. and meeting various people. And I know uh, how crazy that thing can get at times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, have you picked up things from your association with other musicians, sitting down, you know, learning some guitar licks and things like that? Absolutely. How important are those things for you as a musician? I, I'm For me, and I think... In the folk tradition, I would say that that FaceTime with other musicians is crucial to Mm. my learning and growing as an artist. Um, I can think of so many people along the way who have been that for me, whether, you know, beginning with my guitar lessons as a kid, but especially at Folk Alliance, um, I've been able to come in contact with, you know, people that really inspire me and push me to do a better job, I think. Um, Vance Gilbert comes to mind. Uh, He's given me some great coaching, vocal coaching. He's an amazing artist. You know, Freebo obviously produced my record and and, um, introduced me to co-writing as well. So I'd I'd never written anything with other artists before. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. I I, I would think it's a... I've mentioned this to other people. Some people think... It's an easy task, but um, you know, as somebody who didn't co-write with other people, how difficult was it? I mean, what what's the process like? Yeah, so it's interesting because my process had been very private, and I I mm-hmm. had from a young age just kind of thought of it as almost like writing in a diary. Yeah. Um, but I think again it was so important for me to go to something like Folk Alliance because it it was like, oh, wait, there are other people doing this and they're really good at it and maybe I have something to learn from them. And and you always think like, well, my friends like my songs, so they're great. But then you you start to like edit yourself and become a little more mature about the process and you think like, well, maybe there's something somebody could bring to the table that I don't necessarily have all on my own, like a musical idea that, um, you know, or a guitar riff or some kind of chord shape that I wouldn't have thought about um, that, you know, definitely when I began working with Freebo on the record, I was pretty hesitant to share that process. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was like, you know, let's give it a shot. If you have something you want help with, why don't you show me something that's unfinished and we can see if we can take it to a new place together, which we absolutely were able to do um, on actually four out of the five original songs on the album. So what would happen is I would write um, 
a, a lot of it myself. Like I would get the idea for the melody and I would write a lot of the lyrics in my own kind of special way. But then I would say, hey, OK, now I need help. Like I'm stuck or mm-hmm. I think you can help me make it better. And that process evolved to where, you know, once once everybody's comfortable and feels like safe sharing with the other person, the other co-writer, I think then it can just be this amazingly uh, enlightening experience. So I, I'm definitely a fan of it now. It doesn't mean it's always easy. I don't think you don't always jive with everybody. And I've also written with some other people now. And it's um, it's definitely good for getting out of a rut or like a, a habit or a pattern. Like sometimes you just need new input of information. Yeah, that that's, makes sense. For me, that's huge. Like I can just kind of keep, we can kind of do what's easy and like, oh yeah, I've kind of written something like this before. But when you bring other people in, I think it kind of forces you to um, switch it up and, and be flexible and adaptable. So. Yeah. Um, you know, when we spoke a couple of years ago, I, I had asked you, uh, where do you see yourself uh, 10 years from now? Uh-oh, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I believe, I, I think you gave me the right answer. Um, you, you would, I believe you said that you would hope to be playing for even larger audiences. And, um, you know, like many of the top-notch folk singers. And you have the, you have the uh, capabilities of doing that. Thank you. Um, how, you know, since we last talked, how has uh, life been treating you? Aside from this current tour, which, of course, was, as I said, a whirlwind kind of tour, um, have you been regularly performing out? Uh, you are a full-time singer, songwriter, mm-hmm. folk singer, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always, uh, I've always said, uh, you know, that it's it's a brave person that takes on that that trip, that road. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, also, I asked uh, uh, Kirsten Maxwell the same question. Yeah. I said, Kirsten, what do you have to fall back on mm-hmm. if this doesn't work out? And even though it wasn't totally true, Kirsten said nothing. She said, because I want to put everything into my music. Mm-hmm. And I think if you want to do that, that's the attitude you have to take. Mm-hmm. Because you can't be wishy-washy about it. Um, no. If you're going to be performing, you've got to do it. Uh, if you want to be totally successful. Yes, we know very well that there are lots of great artists out there that have regular day jobs, that they need to, you know, they need to make a living. Mm-hmm. And... um Again, both Kirsten and yourself, you both have degrees. Uh, you, if you had to, you could kind of fall back on uh, on your knowledge. Uh, you, you also said you, you took Spanish. Are you, are you fluent in Spanish? Si. <laughs> so there's, there's another thing. Um, but, you, but you've chosen this path. Is it... Is it hard? Is it difficult? What kind of <laughs> advice would you give to people starting off now? And you're not, it's not like I'm speaking to Joan Baez, you know. I mean, you're still very young, so... Um, that was a big question, Artie. That, that was a <laughs> sweeping question. Let me see if I can... Okay, let try me, to let summarize Let me see if I can answer that. Well, to begin with, um, yes, I, I did go to college. I feel like I took my time getting to this point. Like, I... I didn't 
like drop out of high school in order to hit the road as a musician. Like I always knew in my heart that this was definitely my calling in life to be a singer, but I I think I went through the steps that were expected of me because I come from a family that could wanted to send me to college, which is wonderful, and I consider that to be a huge gift and such a wonderful thing that I could do. But I, I didn't ever really think I was going to do something else other than what I'm doing right now. I just sort of took my time. Like, my path wasn't... It was a little winding to get to this point, so I feel really sure that by now, like, my choice is, is really clear, that I, I always felt like there was nothing else that I would do. So as far as, like, falling back on something, I, I think, you know, a lot of people do ask me that, especially um, family members who are concerned that I'm going to be, like, destitute. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I just say, you know, like, I, this is going to be a long journey. Like, I don't expect this to just kind of all happen overnight. Like, I, I'm trying to do everything that I can to get the word out about what I do. But it's always changing, and it's, you know, as Kirsten could tell you, like, we're in a different world now as far as like the music industry is concerned than maybe it was when Bonnie Raitt was getting started like 40 years ago. <laughs> so I think I'm figuring it out as I go, but I feel really confident that this is what I'm meant to do. So, um, you know, I'd say for anybody who would like to pursue their art um, or any path that's not a traditional path, I think that if that's in your heart and soul that that that's really important that you follow that. I mean, you have to, you have to have the goods, but you also, I think it's, it's, um, I've heard that luck is the combination of preparation and opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I like that a lot. That makes a lot of sense to me. Like I've prepared for like right now for sitting here with you. It took me every moment up till now to get to the point where I'm sitting here with you and it's going to take, many more moments to do many of the other things that I see myself doing or would like to do. But for example, like this album, I'm so proud of it. And I never would have dreamed five years ago that I could have made a record with Freebo and this band and that I could have written these songs. So I think you never know what the next chapter is going to be. But if you just stick with, uh, with the preparation and put yourself in the situations where you might bump into the opportunities, then that's what it's all about. Well, as you say, you just never know. Exactly. And uh, so here's Alice Howe <laughs> and Freebo, a song that they co-wrote mm-hmm. from her new album, Visions, with You Just Never Know. <laughs> Looking like rain And the farther I go The more sure I grow I can't go back The way that I came I passed the exit That led to my first love I can't say where he's living now But a lifetime ago I'd have taken that road Just as fast as those turns would allow Yeah. 
She co-wrote that song with Freebo, as we said. And singing harmony on that particular song is Alice's brother, Augie. And That's right. I, I, uh, Alice, uh, while the song was playing, mentioned that uh, her family came up to see her. When was it last night? Or? Yeah, yeah. I played in Montague, Mass. last night at, at the Book Mill, which is a beautiful little venue right near where I went to school at Smith. So it was nice to go back to... Western Mass and mm. and see the old places and yeah my family came out which is really nice my brother sang harmony on that song and on a that couple others so as well yeah and and I was going to ask you if, if your family is supportive of this journey that you're on and of course you did say they are they are yes they are they're um, as I mentioned I think there's been a learning curve you know for my mom maybe just getting comfortable with yeah. you know okay she was like. But you went to school, like, now what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. It's like any, you know, any parent mm -hmm. would, would, you know, have those reservations. It's out of love. And I, it, I it, it is. Especially since, the fa <laughs> since your family are all doctors, you told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. My mom's uh, a pediatrician. My brother's uh, a psychiatrist. His wife is a pediatrician as well. They're all <laughs> super smart. I mean, it's, um, it's great. It's just uh, we have really different lifestyles. Like yeah. theirs is very settled and very much in a routine. And that's um, it's been interesting for me. Just you mentioned that I've been on tour. I, I feel like I've, I've hardly been in one place for long enough to get my head on straight for yeah. the last couple years now. And I'm, I'm used to it. People ask me like, how is that for you? Um, and it's been amazing. I mean, I love traveling. I got to go to Europe last fall. Um, I got to go to the UK and the Netherlands and Denmark on a month-long tour, which was amazing. And I'm, I'm, I've put on some serious miles on my car, like, wow, my <laughs> you know, God. but it's just a part of the deal. Like, yeah. if I could get everybody to come to my living room and play for them, 
great, but that's just not how it works. <laughs> I, I find it amazing that you were able to drive all the way to Europe. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> it's a special underground route. Okay, so Alice, um, you told me privately that uh, you are 
making plans to uh, relocate. Let's talk about this. Yeah, so I... I'm from Boston, um, have lived there for the past few years um, with my mom, which has been great. I love living with my mom, but it was time for, I guess, the next stage. I felt like I was ready to just be around maybe a different type of community. I, I had recorded my album out in Bakersfield, California with Freebo. And um, through that experience, had met a lot of musicians in Southern California and just have always been drawn to L.A. and I guess have been curious about the scene there and what that might have to offer for me. So a couple months ago, I decided to make the move to go to Los Angeles. And what kind of sealed the deal for me that I was telling you about last night is um, that I was given the opportunity to rent a little guest house behind this beautiful uh, property that's owned by Severin Brown, uh, who's Jackson's brother. And uh, the, he lives in the, the house that their grandfather built in the 20s is actually pictured on the cover of one of my favorite records, which is Jackson Brown's For Every Man. So, you know, if you see that album cover, you know, there's he's in this courtyard with these beautiful palms. And I grew up listening to that. So when Severin was at a show of mine, and really kindly offered, you know, if you're if you come out here, you can rent this place. I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? So I had been thinking about it, but that offer and just that felt very faded, you know, because I grew up listening to that music. I I have this, I was telling you, like, I think my fantasy was that I, I'd get to LA and it would actually be 1971 and Joni Mitchell would still be like <laughs> hanging out in the canyon. But okay, I have to accept that sometimes have gone by, but there's still kind of this magic to it that really was drawing me in. So I'm glad I, I made the move. We'll see how it goes. It's still an experiment. The jury's out, but I'm definitely excited about it. So being that Jackson Brown was one of your influences growing up, uh, do you think you'll ever get a chance to meet him? Or? Actually, I did get to meet him. Oh. I, I went, um, this was a separate occasion, but Freebo and I went to see him in, in Boston. And one wonderful perk of working with Freebo the last couple of years is that he knows so many of the artists that are like gods to me. <laughs> so he was able to get us uh, tickets to go to the show and to go backstage and meet Jackson and the band, which was incredible such a such a special experience and I got to share with Jackson uh, just how much his music meant to me and also that I had grown up listening to it with my dad who had passed away and just like how how much his music had helped me get through that experience because it's a connection to my father and it just it was really beautiful to get to share that with him because I think artists love to know that they're touching people. And mm -hmm. so for me to be able to share that with somebody who looms so large in my yeah. history was really cool. That is fantastic. And yeah. now you'll be uh, living in, <laughs> uh, in a place where, where Jackson Brown once sat and, and that is grandfather uh, Yeah, no, yeah. and like, you know, he composed some music on the piano that's in that house. And wow. just all of that is like, I've already written a couple songs there. My little house is is just, it, I feel like there's great vibes in there. <laughs> so are you in there now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, so I, I got there in April, but I've been traveling so much yeah. that 
I haven't been there more than maybe three weeks total, but I had a wonderful show last month um, at McCabe's Guitar Shop in Santa Monica to celebrate the new record, and I had a a full band show with Freebo, and um, it was just a great night. So that was kind of my L.A. debut, I guess. Stay tuned for more. (laughs) Do stay tuned, because there's a lot more coming from Alice Howe. Alice, uh, you are today uh, about to set out on a sort of a little journey and uh, a special kind of a program. Uh, tell me about that. 
Yeah, it's really exciting. I actually received a scholarship to go to a camp called Frets and Refrains, which takes place in Big Indian, just about half an hour from here, which worked out perfectly. Um, And it's run by Richard Thompson and Nancy Covey. And they also have a number of wonderful teachers, including Sean Colvin and Happy Trom. Um, And just, you know, it's four days of songwriting, um, guitar lessons, you know, sharing music. So I think it's going to be really amazing. I've never done um, kind of an extended songwriting music retreat like that before. And it's at the Full Moon Resort, which is supposed to be really beautiful. So I feel like I'm headed to, I don't know, (laughs) some really amazing little vacation. Yeah. And it's great because you deserve a vacation. Oh, thanks. Uh, After this this journey you've taken from... uh, California to Boston (laughs) and uh, then uh, come around to head down to Roxbury to do this program and and uh, of course do the concert at the Pine Hill Community Center so you've been a busy young lady you know I I know it sounds like a lot of traveling but honestly it it's a joy for me. It doesn't feel like a chore. I don't think about it like, oh God, I got to get in the car and drive. I think I'm so lucky to be able to to go share my music or share, you know, uh, music with other people, share in their music. Uh, so to me, it's a it's a pleasure. I don't know how you do it. In all <laughs> honesty, number one, I have lifted your guitar, <laughs> and, and if I had to travel with that guitar alone, it's not the guitar; it's the actually it's the case. Right. It's the Carlton case, which is wonderful for flying. You can check a Carlton case, you know, in the belly of the plane, and it's fine. It's safe. Which mm-hmm. for me to be able to go up to the counter at you know, JetBlue and give them the guitar and feel safe about it and know that it's going to hopefully arrive in its destination without my having to carry it through the airport. This is game changer for me. (laughs) That case was really expensive and it's really heavy, but it's, I recommend it to anybody (laughs) who travels. Yeah, but then again, you also have your suitcases, uh, your (laughs) records, all these other things. I don't know how you do it. You know, just the case alone would be enough for me. (laughs) But it it is amazing. So you definitely deserve this this vacation, so to speak. Thank you. Where you're going to learn a tremendous... I hear there's going to be yoga every morning and there's a swimming Ah, pool too. So I feel like I'm going to just have a... It's a resort. A resort. (laughs) There you go. Plus some incredible music. Absolutely. So have a great time. Thank you. Now we've played some songs from the album and uh, a couple of live things. How about one more live song? Yeah. All right. So uh, you want to set this one up? Yeah. So this is is the fourth song on the album. Um, And this is a song. The song is called What We Got Is Gold. And um, it is a, it's a love song. I call it my hard-earned love song. It didn't just, uh, it's not like a first blush love song or like an obsessive love or an unrequited love. It's just, just hard-earned. Took me a while to get this one out, but (laughs) here it is. The night is louder than it's been.
that these precious hours I keep you close Of all the nights in recent memory There were so many you were far from me And I just hurt my heart Keeping lonely time Wishing yours was there to echo
as a millennial, and you are a millennial. Guilty. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about the way the music industry is moving these days? Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I will say that, you know, I kind of feel like as a whole, it's really wrong how little artists make from streaming sites like Apple Music and Spotify. Um, you know, when people tell me they're listening to my music on there, I think that's wonderful. And I'm so glad that they are. And I'm not making a penny. And I'm telling you, like all of you out there, go, please find it on those places, because if that's what you use great. I want you to hear it and I want you to share it with people. And in that way, it's really empowering because we have the ability to spread the word in a really like DIY, DIY kind of way. But at the same time, I say like, please show up at, at my shows and also buy the record in person because, you know, that's how I make a living. So I think it's really changed how we are able to support ourselves. You know, you just cannot expect to sell as many CDs, it's just not going to happen because people, yeah. it's the technology is just outdated. So I think there, it's a double edged sword because on, on the one hand, I'm really kind of glad that I don't have to rely on a big record company to, to put my music out there. I can, I can have control over that creatively. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, present the image of myself that I want to present, but it also means that there's a lot of people doing just that and there's a lot of kind of competition and noise that maybe wouldn't have been there in the same way so i don't know it's a it's a really interesting question that i don't feel like i've fully psyched out yet i kind mm. of wish as a whole that songwriters and artists would be like you know what you have to pay us more for streaming because it's just not right right but i don't know until that's that has to be a group effort because everybody kind of collectively just said okay you know, sure, I guess I'll put my stuff up there, too, because everyone else did. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, so. it, 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 it is an interesting um, topic because, uh, as I've said many times uh, to the people that uh, when I had gotten a new computer, I used Mac, and I'm used to, I was used to sliding the CD into the side of the computer. Uh, and then when I got my new one, I know. it didn't have that any. It, it didn't really have that drive it anymore. It bums me out because a lot of people give me CDs. I'm sure the same is true for you. You know, I have a CD oh player God. in my car, but it's really interesting how that's fading out as a yeah. as a way of listening to music. I mean, I'm just weird because I I'll buy somebody's record at a show because I know that's what needs to happen for them to make money, and then yeah. I'll just listen to it on Spotify sometimes because yeah. I won't be in a place with a CD player. So it's this weird in-between thing. <laughs> As a DJ, I get at least 15 to 20 CDs plus uh, digital things yeah. a week. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes it's mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, it's mind-blowing how many artists there are out there trying to uh, make some headway in yep. this crazy field. It's crazy. But, um, but people should know that they can find all my music online and, you know, wherever you do listen to music, it's out there. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and all those places that we are expected to be. But um, I'm also live here tonight, which yeah. is really where it's at. So that's, a, <laughs> that's the great thing. Um, you know, I was going to play two songs, but I'm looking at the clock, and uh, we're going to run out of time if I play two songs. So I'm going to play the song that uh, I wanted to close out the program <laughs> with today uh, from this new album. Uh, and it's, it's coming on real soon, folks. <laughs> this is Alice Howe with Twilight.
That was Alice Howe. And I certainly want to thank Alice for joining me today here on the Catskills Cafe. Thank you, Artie. Alice, thanks so much for coming. Once again, Alice will be performing live at the Pine Hill Community Center this evening. Uh, Doors open at 6.30. Alice will be performing at 7 p.m. And... uh, Hope to see you there. I'll be there, and Rain will be there. I'll be there. And Alice will definitely (laughs) be there. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you back here next week at 2 p.m. for another episode of the Catskills Cafe. Who cares about the clouds when we're together?